Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It is the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. I'm Joel Brzezinski and Mike Kapler is with me. We're doing this uh, weekly podcast that we've been doing for a dozen years or so now, proclaiming the good news. The gospel, of course, is good news. Uh, we say that a lot, but it seems like a lot in the church still don't get it, and so that <laughs> that's why we have to say it a lot. Gospel, that word, does mean good news, and so the angels at the birth of Jesus came proclaiming the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, God coming as one of us to redeem us, not to make us feel guilty. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That's the good news. So if you are feeling condemned because of something some Christian has told you, because of something you've heard in church, because of maybe a thought that you have about Christianity and, and who you are, and, and it makes you feel guilty and condemned, then you've turned away from the good news, and we're here to try to point you back to it. Yeah, it's called good news for a reason. And uh, what you just referred to there in John 3.17, coincidentally, that follows John 3.16. And Jesus said both of those things, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. A lot of people see that on signs behind the field goal posts at the football game. but. <laughs> They don't really stop to think about that this was Jesus talking. Um, It wasn't just one of the apostles or one of the other writers of the New Testament. It was Jesus speaking that particular passage. And uh, he's letting people know there's there's something good about to happen. And, And these Jewish people really needed to hear this because, I mean... To quote the Three Stooges, they were going nowhere fast. I mean, it <laughs> right? was. I mean, they were stuck in this system that demanded perfection through the law and the commandments, but couldn't provide what they were pursuing. Couldn't provide it for them, and so they were in some dire need of of good news. And unfortunately, and I, I say that word unfortunately just a little bit tongue in cheek here, but much of the church, as you were saying, Joel, much of the church also is in dire need of some good news that they just, the people who who attend some of these places are are not getting it, which is one of the reasons why we're here. So whether you're somebody who attends church or not, maybe the whole concept of church attendance uh, in the corporate church world, maybe that's always kind of turned you off or makes you nervous. I can relate to that. It doesn't really matter where you're at in that scheme of things. It's just that whether you're somebody who, who attends church regularly or not, there is good news available for all of mankind that many of us have missed out on over the years. And I'm just really thankful that I've had, you know, this glimmer of light that showed up about what year is this, Joel? It's been, a, I can't believe I'm about to say this, <laughs> but it's been about 23 years now. <laughs> yes. Right. Since I, I came to this understanding of a, a different gospel than what I had been taught for many years of my Christian life, the gospel of grace. Yeah. And you started sharing that stuff with me, and I fortunately, I, I was able to follow right along because uh, I don't know what my life would have been like if I would have stayed in that legalistic mindset. So it was really good 
that I got to hear the good news. And I was talking with somebody today. Now, she was raised a Catholic, and this is not against the, the Catholic Church. I'm just This just happened to be her experience, and I've heard this experience from several people during the last couple of years as I've talked to people. She was raised with the real strictness in, in the school and in church with the nuns and the, the rulers and uh, all that stuff. And the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers and all these things and the rules. She said the rules, the rules, the rules, all these rules that she had to follow. And she said as soon as she got out and left for college, she was done. She was done. And, and I said, yeah, I said, I suppose that didn't really make you, you know, run after Jesus. Huh? <laughs> and, and, and it didn't. And her, li- her whole life since that time has been kind of a, a against Jesus, you know, that type of thing. And I told her, I said, I understand, you know, if you're if you have that kind of religion, that kind of legalism. And so and then I told her a little bit about my background in the Pentecostal and, and evangelical church. And again, not against Pentecostalism, not against evangelicals. I'm just saying that this was my experience, that I was heading in a very legalistic way. And I think that I would have shared a gospel with other people that isn't really so much gospel, but it was more like a matter of trying hard and doing all that you're supposed to do, doing all these things, and really leading no one to Jesus, but just leading people to a list of things to do and not to do. And here, you know, kind of what we're going to be talking about today here, trying to lead people to just try and strive hard to be sanctified and to make sure that you are living a sanctified life so that God will be pleased with you and let you into heaven. And it was just, uh, it wouldn't have been a good life. So the good news has had a profound, the, the good news has had a profound effect in my life. And again, that's why we do this. We know how, how the good news has affected us. We want to affect others in the same way. Yeah, I can't, uh, you know, when I said, gee, I, we, you and I have been kind of attached to this message of grace for, for 23 years now. So you know what that means? I was just doing the math in my mind. I've been walking in this for about as long as what I walked in in my Christian life mm. before that. Mm-hmm. I, I was saved for over 20 years, you know, trying to make this thing work, this Christian life with Jesus Christ and constantly feeling like I was coming up short which I was in, in my own effort, and now I've, I've reached the, the point of no return, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Old Kansas song. Can't go um, back. I, I think what has occurred to me as we're discussing this is these last 23 years, not just because we're getting older, but from a spiritual perspective, these, these last 23 three years of growing in grace has gone by, you know, 100 times faster than the first 23 where I was struggling and striving and, and trying to be a good Christian uh, based on my efforts, uh, even though I knew salvation was a gift and I received it as that, then the work began. And that's a little bit about what we were talking about with sanctification last week. If you missed that, growingingrace.org, all past archived programs are there. But we kind of left the program last week with, even even with all of the things that we brought out last week on sanctification and that it is a work that is already done it's not something we're striving for. It's not something that's progressive. It's contained in the finished work and in the person of Jesus Christ. Yet there will still be those, even with all the different passages and, and different things that you can connect with the gospel, even on a subject like sanctification, being in Christ, uh, there will still be those in, in legalism who will come out and say, well, what about this verse here? This verse says that we're supposed to be 
participating in a progressive process of achieving a complete sanctification because as of now, our sanctification is not complete. That's what they would say in spite of what we covered last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, they get their understanding or that way of thinking from some verses uh, in the Bible that, like we talk about many times, you can you can take any verse, you know, take it like a tree, and then not see all the trees around it and not and not see what it's really talking about, and you can build a doctrine on that. You can build a doctrine that it is up to us to make sure that we have sanctified ourselves, and you can go around sharing that, and that can be your Christianity, like Hebrews twelve fourteen. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So it's up to us, taking this verse alone as it is, it's up to us to pursue peace with all men. Have you pursued peace with everybody? And have you pursued sanctification? Because without which these things, no one will see the Lord. So if, if you're having struggles or strife with any other person, you're not going to see the Lord. And if you haven't sanctified yourself, <laughs> you're not going to see the Lord. Well, thankfully, like we talked about in previous weeks, we have been sanctified by God. In God's eyes, we are sanctified. We are holy. We are set apart. But there are areas in which outwardly this can show, and we can grow in in the outward showing of it. And, And Cap, you and I were talking about this, that verses like this are more that type of thing, where it's it's more an outward expression of the sanctification that's already true of us. Correct. People get confused, and we've been talking a lot about this lately, and we may some more yet. They get confused with what has transpired within the new heart of a believer that has taken on this nature of God himself with righteousness, holiness, sanctification, and so on. These things are a part of who we are now, spiritually, which is the real you, by the way. Then we have these outward things. So yeah, yeah, Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So there's an outward expression going on here where we do pursue peace with people, and there is a, a progressive process throughout our lives in engaging with with other people and even in our behavior, which is not to be confused with our inward reality of a new life, a new heart, completely forgiven, completely sanctified, you know, as as a righteous, born-again believer in Christ, right? In fact, many translations in Hebrews 12, 14 might use the word holiness in place of sanctification, by the way. They basically mean the same thing. It's just taken from the same Greek word and translated differently in English. But with that in mind, pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Well, back in Hebrews chapter 3, this writer in Hebrews, many chapters before, addressed the people he was writing to as holy. That's who they were. So it's it's okay to pursue this outward holiness and, and sanctification uh, between us and, and and other people, but don't confuse that with who you already are. And like you said, Joel, it, it says right here, without this, no one will see the Lord. Well, 
wow. I mean, imagine getting to the pearly gates and finding out that uh, the angel is standing there or St. Peter, whoever. And, uh, and they say, well, look, you didn't really pursue peace that well, or you didn't really pursue sanctification that well with other people or, you know, sanctification in general. God will not see you. Sorry. You can still come in, but God isn't going to see you. He doesn't have time for you. Wouldn't that be silly? Because just exactly at what point, at what line do people reach that place where they've arrived at sanctification? You know, it came through Christ, not through ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up Hebrews 3. And and it just made me think about how we have come to see and understand this entire epistle of Hebrews. The entire epistle is written to show what has been accomplished through the blood of Jesus, to show how we have been sanctified, how we have been made holy, how we have been justified through that once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus, and not through our works. It was through nothing that we could do. That entire epistle points that out over and over again. So we got to keep that in mind when we see verses like that. And so... uh this one went by pretty quickly. Of course, we did spend some you know time talking about uh, some other things, our journeys that we've made to get to this point and, and why we like to share the good news. So that was good that we talked about that. But as far as this separating true sanctification from our behavior, we'll talk about that next week. You know, the, the standard that God demanded was perfection. And of course, our behavior will never, ever reach that perfection. So sanctification has to be... <laughs> that he has already done. Anyway, I will talk more about this sanctification issue next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.